0: This is Forum. I'm John Michaels, Public Affairs Radio Director, since 1977, and uh, mental health is something that we hear on the news quite a bit. Uh, a lot of people don't quite understand what uh, mental health means today. So we have Sherry Nelson, Executive Director of NAMI. Uh, explain what NAMI is.
1: NAMI is uh, the National Alliance of Mental Illness, and um NAMI is a three-tier program. We have a national program, a state organization, which is ours, and then we have affiliates throughout South Dakota um, that also work with individuals and families who have, um, are suffering from mental illness.
0: Well, looking at your uh, webpage, I, I see quite a few things of, of interest. And uh, One is, what is the difference between mental health and mental health conditions?
1: Yeah, so we all have mental health, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mental health conditions are diagnosable um, conditions such as depression or anxiety, bipolar, those type of things.
0: Well, everybody has some anxiety. They have some depression. I guess it's uh, mm-hmm. by, de- by, by degrees, I guess, whichever. Um, I, I'm not a psychiatrist. or I, I guess what's the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist?
1: A psychiatrist is able to prescribe medications.
0: Well, uh, one thing that people can do to learn more as we're talking here, they can go on your website uh, yeah. and find out a lot. Uh, you have a free six-session online class to learn about mental health.
1: Yeah, we do. Um, We have um, many different classes and things that are um, offered. Um, We have our NAMI Family to Family. That's a free eight-week education course for those family members of individuals with severe mental illness. Um, We have... um, NAMI Basics, and that's what you were talking about, that six-week education course for parents and caregivers of um, children um, who are living with mental illness.
0: Well, we hear more and more of amnesia. Uh, people, uh, uh, you know, when they get old, it's sometimes easy to just say getting old, but uh, that's becoming more and more uh, a problem, isn't it?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, it
0: is. Yeah. Well, getting back to you know mental health in Sioux Falls, uh, we're starting to see more crime, um, everything from shootings to stabbings to things that we didn't used to see maybe ten, fifteen years ago. Uh, but mental health is is uh, part of the problem when you look at San Francisco, uh, Houston, New York. Uh, it's it's a lot of the uh, problems on the street. Is that uh, you know? Mental health is, is uh, basically uh, they try to put them in a hotel, you know. That's not the solution. Uh, but yeah. I, I'm old enough, uh, Sherry, to go back to the one flies over the cuckoo's nest. Uh, <laughs> yep. And we have come a long way, um, but housing uh, uh, them isn't really, an, uh, you know, a, a solution either. But if uh, people want to, you know, research back um, in our history go back uh, say 75 years through the 50s um, people were just housed and, and they, they would just get hosed down you know with a hose um, and you know like I say that actually happened back then. I read an old book once uh, on South Dakota law and back in the 50s if you're uh, it was an actual law that if, if your wife wanted a divorce you could have her committed
1: yeah Wow, uh, that I'm, was, <laughs> I'm glad that's not happening today, right? <laughs> well,
0: we've come a long ways, but like I say, yeah. the more we know, the more we seem We don't know. Um, yeah, uh, sleep is one thing that a lot of people, if they're working hard, two or three jobs, that type of thing, uh, sleep deprivation uh, can affect people. Doesn't? It?
1: Oh yeah, um, it sleep that can affect us in many different ways that we don't even realize. Yeah. Um, you know, I do want to point out though, when we're talking about um, mental illness and crime, um, people with mental illness are more likely to be a victim of a violent crime than the um, than a perpetrator, and so yeah, we are seeing that increase in crime. Um, you know that is more so like the nonviolent crimes. Um, you know, in some of our, root, you know, looking at society and root causes of crime, um, poverty is one, uh, inequality, um, parental neglect, um, so that lack of support to families and in, in neighborhoods, and um, real or perceived intersectionality inaccessibility for uh, mental health services or any services. So, um, you know, I I think that that needs to be pointed out. And, you know, prevention, talking about this, um, putting things in place so that we don't see these numbers continue to increase.
0: Well, like I say, there's so many things you can talk about mental health, uh, the term driving me crazy. Um, I remember in mm-hmm. psychology class I took a long time ago, the number one building block that uh, you know being uh, able to uh, be a, a normal person I guess was was shelter um, without mm-hmm. that uh, you know that makes a big difference, doesn't it?
1: Oh yeah, definitely um. And of course, you know, looking at how does mental illness increase that risk of homelessness and not having that that. Um, you know there are some of those um, factors that can lead to it, but um, some of those key factors that lead to homen- homelessness is um, poverty. Uh, disaffiliation and personal vulnerability. So if we are looking at that, um, someone who has maybe a severe mental illness, um, it's harder for them to sustain employment. And then of course, as a result of that, they have very little income and can, and that can result in homelessness.
0: We're talking to Sherry Nelson, Executive Director of NAMI, South Dakota, in Sioux Falls. Uh, you have, on your website, you have uh, four ways to designate uh, mental health at work. Uh, some people might think that's important to know.
1: Yeah, it is important um, to know. And we um, are really looking at, you know, how can employers, how can businesses look at um having that stigma-free environment. And so we do have um, a program um, that is called Stigma-Free in the Workplace. And we go in, we talk to uh, the leaders, um, we talk to all um, employees and um, educate them on uh, what mental health and mental illness is. And then work with those leaders on how, you know, how can you recognize this? And then what are the steps that you can put in place to help um, someone who is struggling?
0: Substance abuse comes in. Uh, is, that, is that a preliminary to mental health problems or is mental health a preliminary to the substance abuse or alcoholism?
1: Well, that's the age old question, yeah, right?
0: Chicken and again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, unfortunately, we do see that they do correlate. And so that's why you see a lot of um, the uh, treatment centers that, you know, they recognize that there are people that, um, who are dealing with addiction and they're also dealing with mental health issues and vice versa. Because we see that sometimes people who struggle with mental health, um, they may rely on alcohol to help them and kind of use that, uh, use alcohol um, for their symptoms in lieu of getting the um, help that they need or if they need other medication. So.
0: Well, is early intervention uh, possible in that?
1: There is. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think again, that first step is having everyone openly talk about what's going on. Um, although the pandemic has allowed us, um, to talk more openly about mental health and, uh, addiction, there are still some, you know, stigma surrounding those things. So, um, having that conversation um, with everyone, um, not only adults, but um, we also go into schools and um, talk with kids about it and educate kids on, you know, what are those warning signs of mental illness or suicide and suicide, and then, you know, letting them know that, you know, If a friend comes up and says, oh, I'm really struggling with this or I feel like I want to kill myself, um, but don't tell anyone I said that, you know, letting them know that, hey, um, you need to take this to an adult. You don't have to deal with this on your own. You can be saving this person's life and, um, you know, letting them, them know that, hey, you can't keep that a secret.
0: Well, on your website, it also says one in five Americans don't uh, experience some form of mental illness in any given year. In other words, um, mm-hmm. middle age, uh, uh, you know, the process men go through in middle age. Are, there's so many different things that you go through in different stages of your life. Oh, yeah. Uh, that uh, some people might think, well, that's a little strange. But mental health is really an illness uh, by definition, right? Um.
1: Yeah, mental, well, like I said in the beginning, everybody has mental health, whatever that is, but, um, yeah, mental illness, absolutely.
0: Well, if if you have a group of 20 people... um your statistics say that uh, you'd have a serious mental health condition as schizophrenia bipolar disorder a long-term recurring major depression in one of those 20 people in in other words every group anytime you get in a group of people together that uh, the statistic is one in 20. Uh, yeah. but you mentioned suicide now yeah. if you're catholic suicide is the unforgivable sin but what they say is you're not in your right state of mind uh, when you do that uh, mm-hmm. Is is how they uh, uh, you know describe that, um, and and you know people need to know that uh, mental health is is something that you can't uh, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. It's not something you can do by yourself, isn't it?
1: That is correct, um, and that's why we see um, people you know that end up homelessness, homeless, or you know just really struggling. And um, you do need help. You need help with um, whether it be going into counseling, uh, being on medication, but also finding that support system. Um, sometimes there are um, people who don't have that family support that they can turn to. Well, there are other resources um, You know, NAMI has um, both online and in-person support groups for individuals who are struggling with mental illness and also support groups for family members who maybe, you know, need more education um, or don't know what to do because their adult child um, won't take their medication, you know, just having that support and hearing from those people around you while there is a uh, trained person there in the room to help guide that conversation, Um, that's that's really um, helpful for those individuals because there's too many people out there that are suffering and feeling like, you know, this is only happening to me And um, there's other resources and support out there and, you know, letting people know you're not alone in this.
0: Do we have supervised group housing for for mental health in City Falls?
1: Um, There is um, at Southeastern Behavioral Health. They do have um, housing for severe mental illness. Um, And... um, there are also um, uh, addiction um, places as well. So, yeah, there are. Um, I don't know the exact process to get in. I would direct them directly to, you know, Southeastern um, to get in there.
0: Now, uh, there's a term, uh, a legal term, uh, but you hear it quite often in Section 8. That, that's a legal term. Can you, can you give us some insight as to what that is?
1: Um, for housing,
0: well, there's a section eight, and then it's on your website but it, it refers also to eight one one. It's a legal term, I guess, as far as petitions for treatment. Uh, I, I guess if if uh, what is uh, there's a process for commitment, I guess. Too. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So if you find that um, your loved one is in danger. Um, of harming themselves or um, has severe mental illness and are maybe um, being neglectful of themselves um, for, you know, in those dangerous situations, you can um, apply for that through the court system to have them, your uh, loved one, um, placed in a hold um, at a mental health facility. And then, of course, the hope is that, you know, they are able to then get back on track, um, whether it be with their um, medication or counseling. And so that is something that we do get a lot of um, parents um, of adults um children who are struggling, who, you know, I don't know what to do. Um, You know, there are certain things that um, can take place that they can get that person help.
0: Especially the signs, like if they're cutting their wrists or uh, mm-hmm. you know that type of thing. Um, a lot of parents, uh, when their the kids get to be a teenager, uh, they yeah, you know, there's a lot of things that they wonder if it's mental health or not. I think, but uh, yeah, you, you mentioned uh, well, Sioux Falls. I think we're very lucky to be in Sioux Falls. Uh, first of all, Sanford has a lot of uh, they built quite a lot of uh, support for mental health. A bear, I think, just finished a new building. Uh, yeah. for mental health, and the uh, R.C. Johnson uh, VA Hospital has just mm-hmm. built a complete new building for uh, for mental health there, and, and uh, with that, uh, you know, PTSD is something that we kind of learn more about as to define that, I guess you might say, with the Vietnam vet, but... Uh, you know, you have so many things on your website. I'm kind of putting on on okay. the same, same terms so people can actually go to your website and get more yeah, information on yeah, this all too. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, you know, the, uh, the housing, uh, like I say, is important. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that uh, putting homeless people in hotels like in San Francisco, that's not really a solution, is it?
1: It's a, uh, something that you put a, a Band-Aid on a mm-hmm. really bad cut. So it's a temporary fix, um, but we need more than that, right? We need um, to kind of go back to, you know, what are some long-term sustainable solutions, and then that would take us, you know, back to um, focusing on prevention and rehabilitation and, you know, things like that so that, You know, hopefully we can stop some of this before it starts. Um, I see that, um, you know, there's the Sioux Falls Homeless Task Force, which is going to be focusing on some street outreach for those individuals who are um, homeless. And I think that's an awesome idea.
0: Every winter, uh, we're talking to Sharon Nelson, Executive Director of NAMI in, in Sioux Falls. Every winter, uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk to the Union Gospel Mission, the Salvation Army uh, every Christmas, and I say, you know, every winter we have somebody die freezing under a bridge uh, in Sioux Falls. Last year we had two, mm-hmm. um, and it's by choice. They usually, you know, uh, I, I guess last year they... They dug out a kind of a little cave in the snowbank, but uh, you know they basically drank themselves to death. But it, it's, uh, it's hard. To, you, you can't. You know, I'm sure they've been to clinics. They've been, you know, put in. You know, p- police have picked them up many times, but yet if they choose to, they're, they're right back out on the street.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know if it necessarily it's a choice. I again, I kind of go back to looking at, you know, what are Those circumstances. Um, You know, so let's, for instance, let's take Mm -hmm. a look at, you know, people who um, are in prison. You know, we know that approximately, you know, half Mm -hmm. of the people in U.S. jails and over, um, I believe, a third of the population um, in the U.S. prisons have been diagnosed with mental illness. But Looking at that and then re-entering back into the community, um, mental illness, um, you know, that makes it even more difficult for them, um, let alone, you know, them re-entering um, back into uh, their community. And so, you know, making sure that um, people are, have access Um, to mental health um, treatments and counselors um, so that, you know, you can make that transition a little bit easier. And then um, I know that, you know, they try to, you know, set people up so that they can succeed. Um, So, you know, that is a good thing. But in reality, when we look at circumstances, certain circumstances um such as that with those um people re-entering the community it's it's a valid and real struggle
0: yeah it's if you watch any uh tv show the 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 guy when he gets caught he's always he's always going to say well uh i went crazy for just a second you know that type of thing (laughs) there's many different legal um Directions you can take on mental health, I guess, in a sense too. But oh yeah, uh, you have a recovery uh, list here as far as for family members, and I, I just want to touch on the the, the categories here because uh, we don't have the time to go through all of it. But I want to get this out there so that people can kind of uh, again, uh, you know, maybe go to your website and get more information and, and uh, yeah. follow up. Because the first thing you say is learn as much as possible about mental health and your family member's condition. And uh, on this program, we hope to do more education and communication uh, through you and and, uh, other people as much as we can through the broadcast. But uh, show interest in your family member's treatment plan. Encourage your family member to follow the treatment plan. Strive for atmosphere of cooperation with the family. Listen carefully. It could be used for many things. Resume normal activities and routines. Don't push too hard. Find support. Express your support out loud. Keep yourself and your family members safe prepare a crisis plan, and the last thing is don't give up. Um, It's not easy, you know, like I say, even with somebody in alcohol, after a certain period of time, you you feel like you almost have to give up because, uh, again, it's their choice.
1: It is um, ultimately that individual's um, choice, um, but letting them know that, you know, you are there for them while setting certain boundaries um, can be helpful. And also, um, family members getting that help and education that they need um, can show this person, can show their loved one that, oh, hey, I'm, I'm taking these steps to learn more. I, I care about you, and I want you to be better um, but I'm not going to allow this or this or this, um, but I am here for you.
0: We've come a long ways. Again, we're talking to Sherry Nelson, Executive Director of NAMI. I remember growing up here in Sioux Falls, the uh, neighbor uh, family across the street uh, played you know, with their kids all the time, but they had a son that was autistic, um, but you basically never saw him. They kind of kept him in the closet back in those days. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, I think we've come a long ways as far as people learning about autism. And, and uh, of course, on the other hand, we're getting more people with autism, too, which is kind of a, a thing to worry about. But uh, uh, can you use volunteers at NAMI?
1: Oh, yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes, we definitely can use volunteers. Um, we, there are a variety of different ways that, that people can volunteer. Um, Like I said, our support groups are um, peer-led. So people who, and and of course, they go through um, the training of leading a support group. But those are people that have been there and who have went through the recovery process and are in a good spot and wanting to give back. So you often will find people who, um, have struggled for a long time, and now um, that they are in a better spot and um, went through their their journey of um, recovery, they want to give back and they want to help other people. Well, that that's one way that they can do it. Um, so we are um, always looking for volunteers. Um, here at NAMI, um, there's other things that people can volunteer for as well. We will have um, events throughout the year where, where we need people to volunteer. Um, one of the things that we, we just um, finished up are um, NAMI Walk um, this year that um, we have a lot of volunteers for that and um, is always needed. So, so yeah, they can contact me um, or reach out um, on the website. There is a place on the website where you can sign up to volunteer.
0: Well, your mission statement says uh, NAMI Dakota is to provide education, support, ad, ad, advocacy for families and individuals affected by mental illness, and uh, you reduce the stigma is part of that. And accomplish this through dedication of the many members, volunteers, and donors. There's research going on that needs funding, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, we always are are looking at that um, as well, and how um, we can improve the lives of of all individuals. Um, and so, yeah, we are. Um, a part of the NAS- NAMI national, um, as well as looking at that, those research um, dollars and, and looking at how that can help individuals.
0: Time's running out, Sherry, but uh, again, there's a line that I want to repeat here. We believe recovery is not an event, but a journey. In addition, we promote person-centered treatment and wellness activities that enhance health and well-being. You're not alone. There is hope. Uh, To somebody out there, through the anonymity of radio, what would you like to say to him?
1: Well, I think you just summed it up, but, you know, um, especially now, you know, if you, if you feel like you are in a, a place where you don't feel like you can be helped, you can. Um, the first step is just making that phone call or maybe coming to a support group. Um, so be brave, take that first step, and know that you're not alone in this.
0: No matter where they are, they can always call two one one and they'll put uh, put you in touch. They actually have psychiatrists uh, on call if there need be mm-hmm. if there's you know suicide in that. Um, yeah. but the uh, the main thing is hope. I always have a couple lines I like to say those who have been have a responsibility to help those to come. Um, Mm -hmm. and you can't do it yourself. Uh, There's many other clichés, I guess you might say. But uh, NAMI, South Dakota, Sherry Nelson, Executive Director, will talk to you more as we try to learn more about mental health. And thank you for being with us on forum.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: I took a lot of my questions from the NAMI website. You can go there, too. Just go to NAMI, N-A-M-I, South Dakota, all one word, dot org. This program can also be downloaded by going to the station's website, go to podcasts, and go to John Michael's forum.